In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We live in fearful times. Fear and anxiety seem to be our constant companions. Though I'm not sure that we actually have more to fear than those who have gone before. You don't have to go very deep into the PBS documentary library to know that life has been hard for other people. I do wonder if somehow we have learned how to be afraid, if we have perfected how to be afraid. I had a friend of mine recently who didn't think I was paying adequate attention to politics. She said, if you're not afraid, you're not paying attention. I think the transfiguration story teaches us that if we pay more attention, we will not be as afraid. The transfiguration, I'm arguing, teaches us that if we learn to pay more attention, we will not be so afraid. Now, to me, the transfiguration story is captured in the Eastern iconography of the story. Those wonderful depictions of Jesus on the mountain with Elijah and Moses and Peter and John and James. The allusions to Jesus' baptisms and again to the ordeal in Gethsemane and the resurrection are obvious. Jesus stands at the top of a rock outcropping, his feet not touching the ground, his clothes a dazzling white, and behind him concentric circles of dark blue and red, as if to say all of creation. Elijah and Moses are there. They are on the sides, their feet touching the ground, engaged in conversation with Jesus. All of this radiates an energy and a power that you can feel simply by sitting in front of it and stilling yourself for just a moment. Yet down the mountain, as if they have fallen there, are the three disciples Peter is on the left. He's holding up his hand as if to shield his eyes from the magnificence of the transfigured figure of Jesus. John is in the middle on his knees as if praying, head bowed. James is often depicted lying on his back as if he slid down the mountain. The disciples are afraid. In fact, not just afraid, Mark tells us they are terrified. And why wouldn't they be? Here's the thing about fear. Fear is neither good nor bad. Fear is simply an emotion that tells us that something we love is endangered. Fear is just an emotion that tells us that something we love is in danger. 
So here are the disciples and the beloved Jesus Christ who turns out to be much more connected with God than they thought, now predicting his own death. Something they loved seems at once too great for them, as if they would lose it because it was too much and about to go away, as if they are not enough to keep it here. This terror you might experience as a car beginning to accelerate when you can't control it, or a house that is on fire and you cannot escape it, it's a visceral experience, not something you think through rationally, something your body tells you to worry about and fear. This, I think, is the terror that the disciples are feeling. And while they have something to fear, what the lesson from this story is what Jesus does to address their fear. Jesus, as you know, wanders all throughout the New Testament saying, don't be afraid, be not afraid, don't worry. I've always wondered why he thought that was of any comfort to anybody. Clearly, the circumstances that he enters are terrifying to those who were there. But Jesus, in the way Matthew tells the story, does four things. The first thing he does is he comes to the disciples. He descends that mountainside in the icon and comes to the disciples. They don't have to come to him. They don't have to know where he is. They can be there, unable to move because of their fear. Jesus comes to them. The second thing he does is he touches them. He touches them, physically touches them. I heard a story once of a teaching doctor at Grady who walked into a patient's room, followed by all of his eager students with their charts and graphs and data. The doctor patiently asked the nurses to unwrap the wound of the patient so that he could see it. And then he touched the patient while he was examining the wound, had it rewrapped and led everybody out of the room. As they were walking down the hall, the eager medical students or internists or residents came up to the wise doctor and said, why did you do that? That was totally unnecessary. We have the data we need in our graphs and our charts. And the doctor looked back and he said, you cannot heal the wound if you do not touch the wound. Always touch the wound. You cannot heal the wound if you do not touch the wound. There's something about the physical connection of touch which reminds us that we are not alone. We are not suffering by ourselves. The third thing he says to the, the, the disciples is get up. I know you're afraid, but it's time to get up. He raises them to their feet. He repositions them, if you will, to engage the world despite 
their fear, anxiety, and terror. He comes to them. He touches them. He raises them up. And then he says, don't be afraid. The same words that we have heard so many times in the New Testament, don't be afraid. Except now, this is not something that's supposed to calm them because they see something they didn't see before. Now, I think, it calms them because they know something they did not know before. It's how he encounters them. They know that he is the one they love. Their fear is due to their fear of losing him. And he is saying both by his actions and his words that he is not going anywhere. Not now, not ever. Jesus, having manifested the glory of God through his countenance, is not going anywhere We don't need to fear that we're going to lose God because of something we did or a circumstance we entered or something we failed to anticipate. Failure, pain, suffering never separate us from the love of God. Or as Paul famously says in the eighth chapter of Romans, nothing, not even death, separates us from the love of God. This is how Jesus teaches the disciples not to be afraid. Not by analyzing something intellectually and explaining why it's not that bad. That's rarely helpful, by the way. It is instead by saying, I am here with you. God is here with you. And we will never leave, coming, touching, raising, and empowering. This is how Jesus deals with fear. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He teaches them how not to be afraid by his mere presence. And it is the same with us, both to be taught in that way by Jesus and to teach others in that way, by Jesus' power, coming, touching, raising, and empowering. That is how we become more aware. That is how we awaken. And that is how we learn not to be so afraid. It's not that if we aren't afraid, we aren't paying attention. It's that if our faith leads us to pay more attention, we will not be so afraid. Be not afraid. Amen.